The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com and the promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And finally, are you the best better in the US? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free fantasy betting contest. Each week, there is a $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest. Just go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. That's oddscrowd.com to sign up now. Hey guys, you are listening to another international special here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. We'll be looking at the Nations League final and several hand-picked World Cup qualifiers. You can follow me on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. If you look at the pinned tweet, the pinned tweet on the at SGP Soccer account, that is the PL for the one. 100th month in a row of transparent track profit over at my website, lockbetting.com. We made our clients £4,181. That's good for over five and a half grand in just a month. Was worried about this 100th month because it's the month of September. Thought it was going to be a big sweat. Worried about the start of the NFL season. Worried about the start of the soccer season. Worried about the fatigue and injuries and things that come with the final tennis Grand Slam of the year, the US Open. We slammed the slam. We started 12 units up and the momentum continued on from there to a 5.5k profit in dollars. And if you don't believe me, look at the pin tweet. As I said, at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. So if you want to sign up to LockBetting.com and be a part of the 101st month, then all you need to do is head over to LockBetting.com and sign up. That means for eight years and four months, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting. Unfortunately, my free lock run here on the SGP has come to an end, but... I will take that on the chin. 11 winning locks in a row ended by Italy failing to reach the final. So Italy's record-breaking run coincided with my own record-breaking run. So when that happens, you'll take it on the chin all day. Italy's uh, record-breaking run was 37 games. My lock run was 11 straight locks in a row across all shows. 
if you actually add in my lock betting shows, my lockbetting.com exclusive shows that also have locks in them, I actually went 15-0. and 0. So I was a little short of Italy's 37 unbeaten and uh, a little short of The Undertaker's 21-0 and 0 streak in the WWE. But 15-0, and 0, I'll take that all day. Hopefully we can get another run going here. Hopefully we can bounce back from that Italian defeat. But as I said, I'll reiterate... I'll take it all day. I'll take that play all day long. I rode the Italians. It was a good spot. They were at home. They're unbeaten for 37 games. They were the European champions. They had the stronger team. Spain had a load of players missing. In fact, my, my, I speculated that they would play a 17 year old in their starting lineup and they did start with that 17 year old. And that's obviously going to be a major boost to you if you're on that play. Italy actually went off closer to minus 180 than they did to the quoted uh, four to six miles. Minus 150 there once the public got sight of the team news, which is team news that I speculated on on the last show. So I think it was the the right play to make. The red card obviously didn't help us. We have um, red cards of deaths often costing us plays. And um, yeah, this was one of those situations where it was a long, long road back when Benucci got sent off even before Spain scored that second goal. But still, towards the end of the game, somehow Italy were still pushing for it. They're still going to be contenders for the the next World Cup. They're going to comfortably get there and um, they're still going to challenge. They're going to bounce back from this. They're going to go on another run of um, of unbeaten games. I don't think they'll get to 37 again. And I don't think they'll win the World Cup, but they will be contenders. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of contenders there looking at these Nations League matches. Unbelievable shootout last night between Belgium and France. We're on the right side taking both teams to score. I actually thought I liked Belgium on the double chance market and that looked like a a solid play. But as soon as France scored and the pressure that we were putting on, I gave my clients an in-play on France to qualify, thinking that they would get it done in extra time, thinking they would get the equaliser and then get it done in extra time. They didn't need extra time. They ended up getting through 3-2 in normal time. Unbelievable performance. At one point, it did look like they lost with a late Romelu Lukaku goal that was rolled out and that was ruled out, sorry, not rolled out, ruled out. But you saw the full emotions of football where Lukaku's face went from ecstasy to despair just two minutes later. Two minutes after thinking you've scored the winner that gets you into the Nations League final and finally giving you opportunity to win something with this golden generation of Belgian players and a massively underachieving team with a massively underachieving manager. It looked like you were going to a final with a real chance of winning against Spain. Goals ruled out. And not only that, you don't even get to extra time. France complete a comeback from 2-0 down. 2-0 down at the half. 3-2 winners in normal time with an unbelievable second half comeback. Absolute heartbreaker for Belgium. But like I said, Roberto Martinez is not a good manager. He did not game manage that situation. He did not know he did not do anything different to stop the relentless pressure from France, who just took the shackles off and went for it. And this is a France team that I want to be behind, because if France play like this, they are the best team in the world. On paper, we all know that they are the best team in the world. That's why they're the favourites for the Euros. We all know that the European countries at the moment are far stronger than the South America countries. So if you're the front runner for the, the Euros, you should be the front runner for a World Cup. And for me, looking at that performance, that is peak France, and that's what they need to be in order to win the World Cup. And I think that's the performance that we get again in this Nations League final, which is where we're going to start off the show before we move on to the World Cup qualifiers. Some of them are on Saturday. Some of them are tonight. 
But we're going to jump straight ahead here and cover a Sunday game, which is, of course, this Nations League final. We're not going to look at the third place playoff here between Italy and Belgium. I think that's going to be a lottery where we could see some heavy rotation between the sides. But we're not going to see any rotation here between Spain and France. We're going to see two teams going full out in order to win an international tournament. And Spain are the two to one underdogs here on the money line. It's nine to four here on France. Sorry, it's nine to four here on the draw, and it's six to four here on France. The outright winners market sees France here available at four to five, and it's even money here on Spain. So France available at the best price of four to five, widely available at three to four. I will say that sometimes people say, Oh, I can't find that price. Well, it's the best price. The best price on France, if you shop around, is four to five. They're widely available at three to four. With Spain, where I'm looking, the the worst price you're getting is evens. Uh, The best price on Spain is at 11 to 10. They're widely available somewhere between that, so 21 to 20. I don't see these teams that close. For me, looking at these two lineups, it's difficult to make a case for many, if any, Spanish players getting into this current French team. They are that strong. So this isn't really looking at the um, abilities of the two sides, because if that were the case, there wouldn't really be too much competition here. You're looking at a much, much stronger French team. But it's the way that the two teams play going into it. Spain have been very consistent since the Euros. In fact, since not being able to score uh, in their first couple of games, struggling to find a net and, uh, and needing own goals and deflections and things like that. Spain have been a lot better. They've been a lot more prolific in front of goal and they've continued that on in their qualifiers despite one of those games, seeing them lose to Sweden. Whereas France, they've just had a whole bunch of draws and they've been even more lacklustre than they were at the Euros. So it wasn't surprising to see them go 2-0 down against Belgium because that's just how France have been since the Euros and after that. They've just been underperforming. But they clicked the switch and we saw the real France. And if that France turns up, I don't think this young Spain team of, of of players who are just establishing themselves on the international scene, mixed with this old guard of, of the likes of Busquets and, uh, and Jordi Alba that have been there for a while, I don't think they're going to be able to cope with this French team. So I'm going to take the punt here on France turning up again, seeing a trophy on the line and going full out. And in, this could be a case of France not only winning this game comfortably on the money line, but even being able to cover a, a, a minus one handicap. And look, this all hinges on it being the the real France. It hinges on uh, Pogba playing at his best and Mbappe being as effective as he was in the, in the second half. He was more effective in the last 45 minutes against Belgium than he was in the entire tournament at the Euros, where he did absolutely nothing. I don't know if that was down to fatigue. I don't know if France were widely affected by by the long season, because obviously they have high-profile players that would have been involved in high-profile things at the end of the domestic soccer season. But I have no idea why we got such a, a poor France team. We we got a poor France team from the beginning, even though they, they beat the Germans in the first game and should have won by more. They very quickly um, were sloppy against Hungary, didn't take chances, ended up getting a one-all draw, 
They were back and forth by Portugal, another team that underperformed in the tournament. Uh, they didn't play the first half against Switzerland because the rumour was is that the players convinced Deschamps to implement a tactic that they wanted to play. As soon as they changed, they flicked a switch, which they're capable of doing, going 3-1 up. But unfortunately, unlike um, flicking the switch here against Belgium, where they played for the full 45 minutes, they flicked the switch and managed to score three goals in a in around about a 30-minute period and then went to sleep again and conceded two goals to the Swiss and deservedly got knocked out on penalties. So inconsistencies are there from France. Spain are not inconsistent. They keep the ball. They keep the ball well. They dominate ball possession. And they'll probably even dominate ball possession here against France. And they'll try and break you down with their old school tiki-taka football. But for me, tiki-taka doesn't really work unless you are completely dominant and overwhelmed. And, and Italy showed not only in the semi-finals uh, of the, Euro, of the um, Nations League, but in the Euros as well, where Italy won, they found it very, very difficult playing against a team that, that had that much ball possession against them. And they found it difficult to cope with it. I don't think France will, and I don't think it's going to be in the in the high 60s here against France either. I think you're looking at Spain possibly having somewhere between um, 55 and 60% possession at a max. But at the same time, I don't think France are going to be affected by that. I think they have players that are good enough to sit deep and, and, and break this down and see it off comfortably, especially when you look at that French back line, as long as they are disciplined. And then if they are pushed into a game where they counterattack, this is really going to be a bad situation here for the Spanish team. When you're coming up against Anton Griezmann, who has familiarity with all your defenders because he plays in the Liga, you have Kylian Mbappe, who is just going to be deadly on the counterattack. And then, of course, in the centre, if needed to, to finish off things. Karim Benzema is there. Again, another player with familiarity with the league. This is a bad matchup here for the Spanish. Again, I will premise, this all comes down to the fact that we see a French team playing at their absolute max going into this game. One of the other bets I like here for this game is for both teams to score. Usually, I wouldn't go near this here for a final because finals are notoriously cagey. But off the back of that Belgian game, France have now scored in 15 straight games. And it's been a while as well since France kept a clean sheet. They look very susceptible to conceding at the back. Even when they were dominating that game, they were saved by VAR late on. Belgium could have scored any time on the break. And despite the fact this is a Spanish team who aren't exactly cutthroat when it comes to scoring goals. They have actually now scored 19 goals across their last seven matches. So that's pretty impressive data when you're looking at a team on a, on a both teams to score pick. Plus, with France, as I said, they have uh, ended up scoring in their last 15 straight. And France has seen both teams score in six of their last seven games now. And obviously that was maintained with that Belgian game. This Nations League has been a little bit different to, to usual tournaments at the semi-final or final stage in terms of them being cagey. These games haven't been cagey. Italy and Spain wasn't cagey. Last night's game certainly wasn't cagey. We have seen eight goals across two games and I have, and I have no reason to feel like things won't be slightly different. Yes, it may be a little bit cagey because the trophy is now within touch in distance but I don't think France can stop Spain for 90 minutes from scoring at least once and I certainly don't think Spain can stop this French team from scoring once I expect France to to win this game I think they'll get it done in 90 minutes but I also think both teams will score 
My strongest lean is simply going to be on France to win the trophy. If you're offering me France here at four to five as a marginal favourite when I find it very difficult to pick a Spanish player that would get into this France lineup. For me, that is a strong play, especially if we see the France that played the last 45 minutes and this may be recency bias. I just don't think that Spain can live with this attack. I expect France to win this game and France will win this game comfortably if it's the same France we saw in the second half against Belgium. My lane, my main lean, sorry, will be simply for France to lift this trophy. France to be the Nations League winners. I see that at the best price of 4-5, to five, minus 125. But that is widely available at the moment at 3-4 to four for this game. So we'll move on and look at the other World Cup qualifiers. So now we are going backwards and we are looking at some games here in European World Cup qualifying on Friday. We begin with the Czech Republic at home to Wales, where they are the three to four favourites to win this game. It's 23 to 10 on the draw and it's four to one on Wales. Czechs weren't particularly impressive in the last um, international window. But obviously, as I said, they were missing Patrick Schick for most of that. And he's a key player. He's going to be back here now. And I think the Czechs will have a little bit too much for the Welsh. Czech Republic are unbeaten in six home matches, winning four of them. Meanwhile, Wales come into this having failed to score in two of their last three. And uh, I think there's an opening here for Czech Republic to win this game, who impressed at the Euros. And I think they'll be able to claim a victory and put themselves in a good position to get through to the World Cup. And um, yeah, this, this is the type of game where I think Wales would be happy with a point, And I think they'll be going here for a point. So I don't think this Welsh team are going to lie down and die and they're going to be very easy to break down. Because as I said, a point will be enough. Taking a point away from from the Czech Republic and then moving on and looking to win your home games is probably going to be the ethos that most teams have towards qualifying. But I just think Czechs will be a little bit strong and they'll find a way to win this in what's pretty much guaranteed to be a low-scoring affair, in my opinion. Up next, we look at another game here on Friday. And there are a couple of picks I like from this game, to be honest with you. Um, it's Germany at home to Romania. Now, Germany individually aren't really backable here. They're not even going to be a parlay piece here at 1-8. to eight. But I like the Germans here to win both halves in this game. That's my strongest play. That's available at 10-11. to 11. And at even money, I also like the Germans to cover a minus 2.5 handicap. Of the six halves that Germany have played since Hansi Flick took over, they have won each and every one. And I expected to do so again here against this Romania side, who will be unable to keep some uh, incredible forward players here at bay. Uh, given the home team are very, very short to win this game, you're obviously looking at other plays. And Germany to win both halves here is my standout. As for taking Germany on the handicap line, Again, you can use some of that data there with, with Germany winning every half under Hansi Flick so far. That's strong. In addition to that, Germany have won nine of the last 11 home World Cup qualifiers by more than two clear goals. And under Hansi Flick in his first three games so far, they've won by a 12-0 
aggregate score. So I see this being a comfortable night here for the Germans. Winning all three games on the Hansi Flick by a combined score of 12-0 is enough alone to take the handicap here. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. So Germany minus 2.5 Asian handicap line and Germany to win both halves. I think both halves would be the way I go if you can get it and you only want to play one, if you're only comfortable playing one play from both games. But I would advocate for you splitting a half unit across two. And I expect you to cash both here from this Germany game on Friday. Up next, we move on to the final game we're looking at on Friday here, which is Russia at home to Slovakia, where Russia are available at 10 to 11 minus 110 on the money line. It's 9 to 4 the draw, and it's 3 to 1 here on Slovakia to pick up the way win. Russia are a decent home side, and I think they'll end up winning a low-scoring game here. I also like the under here, uh, under two and a half goals. As six of the last eight Russia games have featured fewer than three goals. Six of the last eight Slovakia games have featured has featured fewer than three goals. And uh, the Russians actually come into this with a couple of key players missing, like Cherisev and. Dizuba, I believe, is out as well. So there's a couple of key men out, which means that this should definitely be a low-scoring affair. I'm very comfortable taking under two and a half goals here at the four to six minus 150. But I still think Russia are a better side, and I think they'll find a way to win this game. I think the the value on the money line is stronger than taking this under, but obviously the under, I think, is the more likely play to cash, given that Russia are missing attacking players, given that this game is likely to be tight, looking at the statistical data that these two teams have put up for unders in the past, but uh, I still think Russia find a way to get it done here in a low-scoring affair on Friday against these Slovaks. So we'll move on to Saturday here. A few games I like. I'll begin with England. They're travelling to Andorra. Unbackable again as the 1-50 to favourites. It's 50-1 to on Andorra and it's 14-1 to here on the draw. Last time England played Andorra, they won 4-0 and the line was set at minus 4.5 on the Asian handicap line. So Andorra ended up being the right side. But England had so many chances to score, and that was with their fringe team. Now, there's no guarantees that it's going to be an England fringe team again on this occasion. But I imagine that they will rotate. But that never bothers me because England's fringe players are much better than the Andorra players. And they're playing for a shirt. They're playing for an opportunity to play in the bigger game at Wembley, the more difficult game on Tuesday against Hungary so no pun intended I think they'll be hungry to to impress the manager and I, I never really care about the fact that they're going to rotate players what I do care about is the fact that a play that was previously minus 4.5 has been moved to minus 3.5 for the same price so the minus 10 to 11 um, sorry, the minus 110, 10 to 11, 10 to 11 cutoff was four and a half goals when they played at Wembley. They've moved it an entire goal for England going to Andorra. I don't think England give a shit about going to Andorra. I don't think these players are going to be affected about going to Andorra. Andorra isn't a massive, scary home ground that you have to go to. And I'll be stunned if England don't come away with this game, come away from this game with a four or five goal victory. I'll be stunned if England don't cover the minus 3.5 here. England have won three of the last six matches by a 4-0 scoreline 
against Andorra, and that includes uh, playing them last time out, the game at Wembley. That that was 4-0, and uh, that will do us here on this occasion. And I actually think 4-0 flattered Andorra last time out, and that would be a, a relatively disappointing result for me. Andorra have conceded 14 goals so far, including four away to England. The hosts have conceded four goals at home to both Hungary and the Republic of Ireland this year, and they hardly score any goals. England have scored four-plus goals in half of their qualifying games in this group. And Tammy Abraham, who's probably expected to start this game, has scored four goals in eight games so far for Roma. And he's available here at four to six to to score any time. I do think he'll get the start and Harry Kane will sit out. But Tammy Abraham, who's who's doing very well for AS Roma, he's not going to be bothered or phased by coming to Andorra. He's going to be looking at this as an opportunity to nail down his status as England's number two striker, which I currently believe is Cal at Lewin. So if anything happens to Harry, Harry, uh, to Harry Kane, Tammy Abraham wants to be the go-to man. So I really like him to score maybe even a couple of goals in this game. And I certainly think that England can score four goals. They'll cover a minus 3.5 Asian handicap line because Andorra, trust me, are not scoring here in this game. So massive value here on the play. England minus three and a half is definitely the way I'm going to go here for this game. Up next, we move on to a, another Saturday game. Well, all the games here will be Saturday games now because we're only going to finish on Saturday and then we're going to call it a show and then we're going to release another podcast on Sunday looking at the last lot of World Cup qualifiers. In this game, we're looking at Sweden at home to Kosovo where Sweden are a 4-11 to favourite here. They're in a very good position to win this group, actually, despite the fact that... Um, despite the fact that Spain are the favourites. But Spain have played a game more and Sweden have a pretty easy run-in, although they have to go... um away to Spain, if they can get something there from that game, they'll be in a very strong position to win this group. And I think they'll win this game here against Kosovo. Obviously, that's not a big statement here. They are the 4-11 to favourites. But I think we'll see over two and a half goals in this game. Now, you could take Sweden and both teams to score, which gives you massive value. Um, you're getting that at five to two. But I'm going to take this uh, Sweden with the over at 11 to 10, simply because it allows me to catch the play with Sweden scoring three goals and keeping a clean sheet. But I do expect Kosovo to be contributors to this over two and a half. Sweden have won their last seven home internationals, but have conceded a goal in each of the last three. And both teams have scored in Sweden's last five matches. Kosovo have scored in all but one of their last eight games, including in three of their last four qualifiers. So that, for me, that's strong data. I'm going to still play the safe side because it's still plus money to take Sweden over two and a half. Obviously, that cashes if Sweden and both teams to score hits automatically. Uh, but I just don't want to take the, the the extra value on the both teams to score because Sweden winning this 3-0 still cashes me that play, whereas Sweden winning 3-0 doesn't cash you a both teams to score play. And um, I'm going to err on the side of caution there because Sweden aren't a bad defence. We saw them in the Euros and when they wanted to set up defensively, they set up defensively. And now we're getting down to the nitty gritty part of World Cup qualifying. Perhaps they just want to come here and make sure they're on the right end of results. And maybe they do want to see out um, victories with clean sheets and and be a little bit more pragmatic at the back. You just don't know. You just can't guarantee that despite the fact that statistical data says a team like Kosovo will score, that they're going to continue to score. So when you can take an over two and a half and, and back yourself up a little bit and, and, and win a play 
in two ways rather than being reliant on Kosovo to score. Because look, this game could play out in different ways. Sweden can have more of the ball, be doing more of the attacking. Um, they could they could win a penalty at some point, or there could be two yellow cards, and suddenly you have a Kosovo team or a goal down chasing the game, and they're down to ten men. So. Suddenly, that makes your both teams to score dead, but it makes your play on Sweden and over 2.5 wide open in that particular situation. So it's just a, um, it's just a percentage play here. And obviously, the odds will tell you that anyway. Up next, we look at Switzerland at home to Northern Ireland, where Switzerland are the one to three favourites to beat Northern Ireland here. It's 10 to three on the draw and it's nine to one here on Northern Ireland. Going to take a very specific play here, and it's simply going to be on Switzerland to keep a clean sheet here in this game. I think we've got strong supporting data here for under two and a half goals. That's another player like under two and a half goals in this game is available at seven to ten. Three of Northern Ireland's last four games have featured under two and a half goals. Four of Switzerland's last five matches have been draws. And Switzerland have scored have scored more than once on just one occasion in their last four games. But when you're looking at some of these nil-nils, a nil-nil that they've had was in the last fixture against Northern Ireland. A nil-nil that they had was against Italy, who are obviously, at the moment, the, the European champions. And it was during the midst of that unbeaten run. So these aren't bad nil-nils. And I think this is going to be another game where it's a low-scoring affair. Uh, and I do think it will go under two and a half goals. But I also think Switzerland will nick it. And I think when Northern Ireland are chasing a game, it allows Switzerland another opportunity to score a goal. So I don't want to be in a situation where I'm sweating whether Switzerland are going to score a, a, a third and get this over. I don't think they will, I think, but I'm more certain of the fact that Northern Ireland are going to come here, set up to be defensive, set up a defensive wall. Sweden are going to dominate, uh, Switzerland, sorry, are going to dominate the ball possession and they're going to be trying to break Northern Ireland down and Northern Ireland are going to be diff- making it difficult for Switzerland and be looking to steal this game on the break or via a corner or a set piece, whatever. So I think that Switzerland will end up keeping a clean sheet here and I think they'll end up winning this game 1-0-2 and I like Switzerland to keep a clean sheet. That clean sheet also gives me more protection than Switzerland to win to nil because what if they can't break Northern Ireland down? What if they do dominate this ball and the chances and just can't break Northern Ireland down and this defensive wall does its job for 90 minutes? Then you're on the uh, Switzerland to win to nil side when you could simply be on the clean sheet of four to six. Switzerland to win to nil is available at four to five, but Switzerland should need to keep a clean sheet is available at four to six. And giving this team have scored just a single goal in so many of the games as of late. That's the side that I'm going to be on here for this game. So Switzerland clean sheet at 4-6 to six will be your player for this game. And that's it. That's all of the plays I'm going to look at. They are my strongest leans. To get all of my official plays, go over to my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. As I said at the top of the show, just coming off my 100th month in a row of profit. And if you sign up now, you'll be a part of the 101st. We're not just killing it in football. We've had four straight winning weeks so far in the NFL. Four straight weeks in a row. We've won every single week. We're coming off uh, last night where we took the Rams winning on Thursday night football for the third week in a row. So... It's all going very, very well in all sports and uh, there really is no better time to sign up. So much action here in October. Uh, We've got the MLB playoffs. We're going to have four weeks of NFL. Uh, We've got the the soccer season is well into its its flow. Uh, We've got Champions League during the soccer season as well. So there's just so, so much going on. There is no better time to head over to lockbetting.com and to get all of these official soccer plays because obviously there'll be more plays in this. I'm just looking 
at my my key leans. And obviously, I'm going to close out here with my lock as well. I'm going to close out here with a double lock because I think everybody wants something on the Nations League finals. So it's not normally what I do. It's certainly not what I do on my service. I've passed on a lot of big games. I often pass on Sunday night football. I didn't last week, but 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 I often look at that game and I think to myself that this is the most publicly bet game. So it's going to have sharp lines. So I tend to stay away sometimes from big games. I'm not baited into to necessarily playing. Sometimes I do. Last week I played uh, Tampa Bay versus New England. I played Liverpool versus Manchester City with mixed results. A 1-1 with the Manchester City-Liverpool game. I lost on the on the spread for Tampa and New England. That's how it works out sometimes. But I, I'm never a person who's baited by the big game. I don't have to bet the big game because it's the big game. I'm not somebody that, that falls for that. But in this instance, I think France are a strong play. It just so happens to be the biggest game of the weekend. It just happens to be a big final. But, but France, they should be too strong for, for, for Spain. If we see that France, and this isn't a money line play because that would be more risky because this could be a, a France performance where they just grind it out, where they don't play particularly well, but they just have big players who are able to grind out these results. I'm hoping it's a France that played the last 45 minutes. I'm hoping it's a France that take Spain apart on the counter-attack where Spain tried to dominate the ball possession and France find a way to to win the ball back in key areas or v or even via via pressing this Spain team in ball possession and end up just taking this Spain team apart and as they commit more and more players forward France just continue to score more goals a three or four nil win for for France will be beautiful for us unless you guys are obviously taking the the both teams to score lean as well in which case we would want three or four one either way either way it plays out I see France winning this game. And what I'm most certain about is that France win this trophy. If it's an ugly game where France have to grind it out, they have the players and the experience to grind it out. If it's a case of it's a tactical mismatch, then yeah, France will rip them to pieces. But I just think France owe their supporters something. They were awful in the Euros. They were embarrassing. They they were eliminated by Switzerland. They were 3-1 up in that game. Didier Deschamps is a World Cup winner that's probably under pressure when you've got Zinazine Zidane out of a job at the moment, not managing a football club, of course, or, or a football club or a country. Of course, there's going to be pressure on, on Deschamps here, even though he's a World Cup winner. This, this is France. This is the best squad in the world. This is the best international 11 in the world. They should be winning things. They should have won the Euros. They should have got a lot further than they did, at least. Obviously, winning is not guaranteed. But when you get to this final... And you're playing against a young Spain team, a team that are almost in transition with a mix of old and young players, mainly young. Uh, and you're playing a, a style of football, which I think is is a little bit dated in the modern game in terms of just suffocating teams to death with ball possession over the course of the 90 minute period. I, I think that France will end up finding Spain out here and I think they'll win this game. I love France to, to lift the trophy though because that gives you so many options. It, it means that you don't need the France that, that played the last 45 minutes. If you don't get that France, you still get a France that, despite the fact they've not been winning games, they've not been losing games either. The Technically, when they lost in the Euros, they were unbeaten in that tournament. They went out via a draw. They drew against Switzerland. That's how the result is officially registered. They drew against Hungary. They drew against Portugal. They scrapped to a win against the Germans. They've had a hold a load of draws since then. So they don't tend to lose games. So if you need extra time, if you need penalty shootouts, we know that Spain are horrific at penalties. So 
I, I really like France here to, to win this and lift this trophy. So that's going to be lock number one on the Nations League. Lock number two, you can probably tell by the way I was talking about it. I think minus three and a half for England against Andorra is, is not enough. I think England comfortably win, win that game. And I think they win it by more than four goals. I think a 4-0 win would actually be a disappointment for England. I know it was at Wembley. I know they should have scored more. And I think on this occasion, if they do win 4-0, again, it's a disappointment. But for us, it's easy enough to cash. I'm expecting 4-5 or 6 here and for England to have a comfortable day and cover that line there for you. So that's going to be my pick here for this game. So your two locks to reiterate once again from the Nations League. France to win the trophy. Available at the best price of 4-5. to five, Widely available at 3-4. to four. I will premise that. And England at 10-11. to 11, Available in some places at even to cover the minus 3.5 handicap line. If you wait a little bit, you may even get a better line because I do think England are going to rotate. But as I said, when I was breaking the game down, the rotation doesn't scare me. These are Premier League players or these are players playing in, in Champions League clubs or top clubs from around Europe. They're not going to be phased here by, by going to Andorra. If they come in, they may even be more incentivized than the regular team to make a statement to play in that Hungary game. Hungary to play against Hungary on Tuesday. So England is your second lock. Don't forget to check out my other content this week. And I'm talking about the fight show where I'll be breaking down the fight between Dante Wilder versus as Tyson Fury after sweeping the Anthony Joshua Usyk uh, fight on the last show. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.